and welcome to the Lean Line podcast. Uh, Chris here, hope you're doing well and keeping safe. And we are here with the SWPL1 preview, but with a little bit of a twist. As myself and my good friend Campbell Finlayson. How are you doing, Campbell? Yeah, fine. I think we're all fed up by this point, Chris, but it's good to have football again to look forward to. Oh, always a, a little ray of sunshine is our Campbell, but um, it's good to have you on the podcast, mate. It's good to have you on the pod. Uh, but yeah, so we're doing a little bit of a twist on the, the preview by answering 10 questions. Um, so we're going to do it for SWPL1 and SWPL2. This is the SWPL1 version. Um, so Campbell, I think without further ado, let's let's get into it and people will just hear the questions as they come and it will hopefully sprawl off into other topics. Um, so first of all, we love a bit of transfer business and football. So, first question: Who do you think will prove to be the best signing this season? And I'll let you kick us off. Um, I've got two names written down. I mean, the first one I've got is Janine Van Vyke at Glasgow City, who's obviously South Africa captain, has got plenty of experience at the top level, captain of country. God knows how many times played at World Cup and things. I think she could prove uh, provide that extra bit of experience for Glasgow City especially with some of the players they'll have disappearing off um, in January and they've lost a few already. So it'll be good to see how she fits in. Hopefully can try to provide that experience that we talk about. Um, and I've also got Lizzie Arnott down. Obviously, she's back now up in Scotland with Rangers and has shown in pre-season what she can do. Has done it, obviously, for Scotland and then in WSL. So hopefully she can, another one that can kick on and we can see some more top-quality players in Scotland. I think two very solid shouts. Um, so solid that they are the two that I had down as well. So we're... We started off well. Um, so, yeah, I think you're right. In terms of Janine Van Wyke, I think she's an important signing for a couple of reasons. I think Glasgow City have, if you've kind of looked at the Glasgow City defence over the last few years, there's been a, a little bit of kind of make and do. You've had Joe Love and obviously Leanne Ross has stepped back over, over the course of the career as well. So maybe they haven't had a, an experienced centre-half regularly for a wee while. Um, so I think bringing Janine Van Wyke in, obviously she's going to miss the first couple of weeks of the season because of injury, but I think when she is fit, she'll be a really important player, whether that's playing beside Leanne Ross or whether Jenna Clark steps back or maybe she pushes into that midfield role that I know we've talked about in the past before as well. So I think very important signing in terms of squad depth. I think in terms of club profile, I think you've already seen that with some of the pieces that have been done, uh, done with her as well. Um, I know that when I went down for the Champions League uh, training session before they flew out to Spain, uh, everybody was wanting to speak to Janine. So I, I think that's a, a very good sign for lots of reasons in that regard. Uh, and yeah, Lizzie Arnott, I think I was picking the two, I'd pick Lizzie Arnott. Uh, for me, the Rangers squad, um, before everything shut down, was looking a little shy in goals. Um, now that's been helped a little bit with the Zoe Nesh returning to fitness, um, which obviously is another striking option with Scotland experience. But I think Lizzie Arnott is a calibre of player that is, has the potential to really kind of blow, blow the league wide open. Um, she can play up top. She can play on the right-hand flank. She had a really good partnership with Kirsty Smith when Man United won promotion in 2018. Um, and I think that she is potentially a game-changer in the title race, which we'll talk about later on as well. But yeah, I think for me, Lizzie Arnott, um, if you were picking one of the two that you've picked, uh, Campbell, because uh, I, I did say one. So if you're picking one of the two, which one would it be? I'll go with Jane Van Vyke, just so we're different. But yeah, I think her experience could prove to be useful for Glasgow City. Awesome. Cool. Good start. We're, we're off to a flyer. Nobody needs to know that I did the intro four times before we started. That's awesome. Um, okay, into, into number two. So question number two is, which young player do you think will have a breakout season? Um, I, I'll start with this one because I feel like I'm going to have to explain my one a little bit. So I, I've said Sam Kerr. Now, Sam Kerr is not a 
unknown quantity in Scottish women's football. But I think in terms of players who are you looking to break into that wider consciousness, Sam Kerr is, is a player set to do that. I thought that um, she had a, a particularly strong kind of back end of 2019. And then obviously 2020 didn't, never really properly got started. We know about all the kind of the transfer rumours that were uh, kind of happening at the time and they've obviously come to fruition. So she'll be changing club at the start of 2021. Um, and I think that'll almost give her a renewed focus on her as a player. Um, I think she's incredible talented. I think she, I think what always impresses me with Sam is that she, her speed with the ball, um, she can progressively play very quickly. She, you saw her do that for Glasgow City against Bromby in the Champions League, particularly in the away game. She obviously kind of caused that first goal as well. So, um, have I cheated a little bit? Maybe, maybe, maybe I have a little bit because you know people know about Sam Kerr, they know who she is. But I think in terms of this wider consciousness, which you talk about quite a lot, I think she is the next one to kind of make that breakthrough in that in that regard. Um, what What about you? Who have you got as your, your breakout star for the season? Um, I've worked with Robin McCafferty at Spartans, who's obviously captain the national side at youth level. So it's maybe one that perhaps a bit surprising there, but I think. It's not always been guaranteed to be a starter um, at Spartans. I think this could sort of be the year that she um, asserts herself as one of their main defenders. And you just probably be able to see the Spartans when they've got a lot of young players on their side. Um, a lot of talented players there as well. So it's good to see them coming through. And I think Robin's another one of them that will certainly push on. And I think this season you could see her as they become one of their main their main names um, in the Spartan squad. So she's the, the main one that I'm picking here. I think Spartans is a good shout because I, I know we were having a, a wee chat just to make sure we hadn't said anything wild that we couldn't justify, which is really important when we're doing this. Um, and I think we were having a wee chat about Spartans and uh, we mentioned Kayleigh Gibb, who'd obviously signed from the Hibs um, development side and it kind of looked good, especially in front of goal coming back. And I'm interested as well to see how Michaela McAloney kind of steps up this year. She's obviously now, if I remember rightly, she's still captain of the because of the way the year has been this year. I'm pretty sure she's still captain of Scotland under 19s. Um, but I think it's a, a big season for her as well in terms of her development and kind of where she, where she wants to progress to, whether it is a case of she's happy kind of being at SWPL if she's really wanting to push on. But two different breakout stars, I think Gamble, that's fair to say. One one that maybe a lot more people will know about the end of the season, one that people will know about already. But more people will know. Is that does that make sense to you? Does that make sense? I don't think much what you've said makes sense at all tonight, Chris. But I think folk forget what you're saying. As long as folk get it, that's all that matters. <laughs> uh, okay, next one. Question three: Which player are you most excited about seeing ahead of the new SWPL one season? I'll let you go first. Last time. Um, I we've obviously got a lot of, a lot of um, players and excitement players to watch there but I went for one of the former rivals um, and Anita Marcos at Celtic who came in obviously before Covid happened and that seems ages ago obviously at the start of last season of this season if you want to call it that was postponed um, and they went back to Atletico Madrid but she came on people may have seen her um, in the Champions League for Atletico Madrid came on again to Barcelona um, she played with the Spanish younger sides as well there and there's one that's very highly thought of at Atletico Madrid and obviously um, Fran Alonso knows him, knows her as well. Sorry, from being Spanish himself, and it's certainly one that he's excited to see. And I think Celtic fans will be excited to see as well. And I know I am. Hopefully, see how she can kick on um, in Scottish football and trying to set herself as one of these players that can then go back to Madrid and get into that athletic starting eleven. So she's definitely one that's exciting. I think to watch and hopefully we'll see her banging a few goals as well. Yeah, I think I think that's a good shout. She kind of had a bit of a false start, to be honest with you. She, 
she never really had a chance to get going. And then, as you mentioned, she, she went back to Atletico, was on the bench for them in the Champions League, scored a ton of goals for their development side uh, in Madrid. Um, and yeah, I think I'm really interested to see how she develops. Um, she's obviously been sent to Celtic. As part of her development with Atletico Madrid, she wouldn't have been brought onto the bench, even in current circumstances in the Champions League, if um, if the management there didn't, didn't rate her. Um, so I think that's a good shout. Um, for me, I have gone sentimental pick a little bit, but I think there's reason for it. It's Claire Shine. Um, I think anybody who kind of follows women's football knows knows a Claire Shine story. Um, it's great that she's back training. I saw she was doing part of the kit launch this week as well for Glasgow City um, in her new kind of orange and white kit, which I think I think we I think we like. Um, um, but yeah, um, if you actually remember the end of last season, that was Claire Shine that had that moment that kind of won the Scottish Cup final, um, and she is a a great player and I think seeing her back playing doing what she enjoys doing what she talks about enjoys doing and I, I know it's a people might say it's a little bit soppy but I, I like seeing that in people I like people overcoming and then hopefully flourishing going forward but yeah I think clear sign for me I, I'm really excited to see her back back in back on a football pitch great next up uh, who will be their side MVP um, Campbell uh, should I just get out of the way so we've done it and then we'll talk about yours so um, I've gone for Rachel Boyle and I think the reason why I've gone for Rachel Boyle is not because I think for me she's definitely in the conversation for best player in the league um, I think I, I think I'm quite comfortable in saying that I know she plays a slightly different role for the national team usually and I'll be interested to see if there's any transformation in that at Hibs I doubt it I think she's too important in the centre of the park for Hibs but um, I feel like that when you think about from the start of 2019 up until this point, it feels like she was just kicking into that high gear. And I think where the players that Hibs have signed, so they've made quite a lot of young things, so obviously the likes of Emily Much, Chelsea McEachern, Hannah Scott um, in particular, and that, that kind of middle of the park, having something like Rachel Boyle roundabout can only benefit them. Um, and I think that she will be very key if Hibs are to push to that top, that top end of the table that I know that they are very confident they can do. And I think there's a lot of a lot of people that are keen for them to obviously join this conversation about who's going to win the title. But I think if they're going to do that, she needs to have a great season. I think she will. And I think that's why I'm quite happy to see her as MVP uh, for me uh, this season. Um, who have you gone for, Campbell? Yeah, I'm sticking with Hibs as well. I've went with Joel Murray. Um, you've mentioned a lot of the, the younger players that Hibs are bringing in. They've we're losing players every single year and it's always tough to rebuild with that but Joel's one of the players there that signed that sort of semi-pro type contract kind of thing and um, has been very involved at the club and again just she's got that experienced head that will help it with a lot of the younger players and it'll be good to see how they, if they've got someone like that alongside them they can help them they can learn from her the likes of her just like mentioned Rachel Boyle Siobhan Hunter they're all players that have got that experience and hopefully can then show them move that on sorry to some of the younger girls so yeah I went with Joe Murray simply because I think she's got that experience that will prove useful for Hibs A uh, secret bonus question that we haven't talked about I've said Rachel Boyle you've said Joelle Murray if we had to between the two of us had to thrash out and pick one would you think we would come to an agreement or do you think we'd still be talking for the next 10 minutes about why it should be Rachel Boyle <laughs> you, you want Rachel Boyle for every answer so I mean, if we could have that raised, but um <laughs> Aye, they're both good picks, I think, and they're, they're both players that will be crucial to see a very youthful Hibs side now as things have went on, but I'd probably just end up getting fed up with City and concede. <laughs> fair play, fair play. Um, let's, let's then move on to who will be crowned player of the season. 
Um, and uh, given what we've just talked about, Campbell, who who have you got down as player of the season? <laughs> I've put down. I've got Rachel Boyer there. I've also got Michael Dockery at Rangers alongside her. Um, both were shortlisted last season. Both are obviously in the Scotland squad. Both are players that are kicked on. The club's obviously a great player for Glasgow City, as we know. She's very, very attacking. And in this Rangers side, would be good as well going down that left hand side um, and providing sort of assists and things and getting a couple of goals herself, you'd imagine. Um, and then obviously Rachel Boyer, as we say, we know what, how important the place has been for Hibs, how she's done well since she came back, obviously. From her marriage and having a kid and things like that, she's done excellently well there. And there's another player that went on form. There's not too many in the league that are better than she is. So they're the two that I've put in the hope that they keep up their good form. Do you think that? Um, so I have gone for Lizzie Arna, kind of for the reasons I've said at the top, which is I just think that if she has a full run of season, a full run of seasons, a full season at it. Um, she will score goals, she will get assists, she will be a difference maker in big games. If you remember before she signed for Manchester United, she scored, I think it was five in a League Cup uh, final against Celtic uh, when Hibs beat them 9-0. I think she is potentially the the, the class of the field, but um, I think it's not necessarily a a, a surefire thing for anybody, I think, player of the season. I think that's that's probably fair to say, Campbell, it could, we've obviously, for the purposes of the podcast, picked picked a name each, but I think it's probably fair to say that there's a number of players that could be uh, this season. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of um, a lot of good signings from teams, a lot of new introductions, teams then moving across from opposite sides in the league as well. There's plenty of players there that on their day can be phenomenal to watch and you kind of hope that that will continue. So a lot of big names, some have come back from England, some have come in from different countries as well, so there's, there's certainly plenty of players there. There's a whole list you could have picked from, but see, we've obviously got down to the couple that we've mentioned and Hopefully he can prove us right, but there's there's definitely a lot of players in there that would be worth the discussion. And one of the ones we tried to talk about was Nicola Doherty. And if you want to hear my interview with Nicola, then make sure you listen to the podcast. It's gone either one before or a couple before uh, the one you're listening to just now. Really interesting chat. She talks about see our time at Glasgow City, really successful, and a really good conversation about our time with Scotland in the World Cup. So go have a listen to that. Um, but let's get past the plug and let's move on to the next question, which is who will be top goal scorer in SWPL1 this season? This is another one. Obviously, we've said kind of, before we start the corn, there's another few players that it could be and keeping a number of any of them. I've, um, I've got Megan Bell at Rangers who scored a few in the game once she came in there back before everything happened. And then um, with the likes of Lizzie Arnett, as we've seen, that can also sort of provide for them. Rangers have got a lot more creative players in than they have in previous seasons. And I think they could be brilliantly well, brilliantly helpful, sorry, for um, Megan and getting some goals. She knows where the net is and given a chance, she will take it. And you fancy Rangers to create a lot this season. So I've gone for her there and feel that there could be a real chance that she could kick on and get plenty of goals. But like we say, there's, there's a lot of options there. Yeah, there is a lot of options. Um, you've obviously got Kirsty Howe that scored um, goals, uh, tons of goals last season for Glasgow City. She's another player that's making the move from Glasgow City to Rangers during the season. So I wonder how that's may disrupt our season, which is why I've not gone for her. I have gone for somebody else. I've gone for Sarah Ewans at Celtic. Um, I think when Sarah Ewans is on form, she is one of the most devastating strikers, especially coming in from, from wide in the league. Um, she's obviously signed a pro contract at the start of this year. So she... At the start of the season, probably I didn't have the benefit. We remember the mad conditions that were, were kind of affecting football everywhere, and not just in women's football. Um, and then also we've had the big break. But she's all have had a long run now to kind of really hone down on her fitness. And I think if she's up for it, I think that she potentially could 
could score a lot of goals. Um, she has done in the past already, so it's not a case of we're making a jump from kind of 10 goals a season. She was Celtic's top goal scorer last season. Um, and I think, yeah, I think if Celtic are are going to be serious title contenders, they'll need somebody who's going to score a lot of goals. I think when you look at Glasgow City and you look at Rangers and um, even if you look at saying some of the players that Hibs have got available, I think that is going to be very important in the title race. So I've gone for Sarah Ewins uh, in that respect. Um, okay, we're now getting to kind of um, non-player ones. And the first thing I'm going to ask you, Campbell, is which team do you think could spring the biggest surprise? Um, I've went for Foster Farmington um, in this one. Obviously, in previous years, we've seen they've been sort of near the bottom of the table alongside, is it still in the news? It was previously, obviously. But um, yeah, they've had an interesting pre-season. They're putting up some good points. They did win, sorry, they've beaten Rosine Boromir and then United get a draw with Aberdeen. All sides of the division below them, but sides that have previously in cup games, you've seen they give sort of teams at the bottom end of the top tier um, a good game. So... I think Florida, they made some good signings as well. I think they're certainly one that could maybe push up a bit. There's obviously no relegation this season, but could push on from being near the bottom of the table. And I think they could be a surprise package. So, yeah, put down for a Farmington. Um, as have I, because I, I think I think you're right. I th- um, first of all, before we talk about, before I start talking about for Farmington, I think they should be commended for getting trying to get their games out there during pre season. I know it's a, a little bit of a grape I had um, on social media about how because of the world we live in, it's not possible for us to get to games as much as we'd want to. And it's been a little bit hard to try to kind of do this podcast because we maybe don't have the footage that we'd like to have. Maybe we don't have the squad detail that we'd like to have as well, um, considering how close we are to the start of the season. But I think Forfa should be commended. I know that I, they had a little bit of a pr- problem with the stream on Sunday for the game against Aberdeen, but I thought they dealt with it really quickly. They dealt with it well. And yeah, I think I think they're an interesting team. They've signed obviously quite a lot of players, kind of with Northern Ireland connections. Uh, Ryan McConville has been on the podcast before, obviously a Northern Irishman. Billy Simpson, who have scored the Puskas Award winner two years ago now, maybe three years ago, um, and she scored uh, a, a World Day at the weekend in the friendly against Aberdeen. Um, and I think that they have an, an exciting squad. London Pollard is, an, is another interesting one. I nearly picked her, actually, when I was looking at Breakout Star. Um, she's looked particularly good in pre-season. I was speaking to Mark Gordon, who covers Aberdeen, um, and he kind of made a similar point. So, um, yeah, I I think Forfa Farmington will do okay. Um, I don't know what biggest surprise for Farmington is, because Campbell, I think it's fair to say the bar from last season is quite low. Um, they obviously stayed up in the virtue of beating... Sterling University, but uh, yeah, I'm interested to see for Farmington when they kind of come up against uh, an SWP on one side, and I think the opening fixtures of the season is a, a really good test for them against Motherwell. Um, but yeah, I think we both got for for Farmington, so let's let's go with that. Okay, next one, which I uh, I don't like doing, but we need to talk about it. It's football. We need to talk about it. Um, there's no relegation though this season. Um, if you want a better understanding of what's happening in terms of the structure of the SWPL and the SWF Championship. Go to the Leading the Line Twitter page. I've pinned it to the post, uh, pinned it to the profile page at the moment, and it's a wee explain on just how promotion and relegation is going to work. But in short, in SWPL 1, the league is going to go from 8 to 10 teams, which means there's no relegation this season as two teams come up from SWPL 2. But there's still going to have to be somebody that finishes in the last place, Campbell. So who have you got down uh, for last place and why? I've got Hearts down here. Um, you would imagine the top four would be sort of the sides we'd expect up there, and then Spartans tend to be fairly solid as well. 
and Motherwell have proven themselves to be a, a kind of accustomed to selling to the league, sorry, and made themselves a a solid um, top tier side. So it kind of come down to and the feed obviously we got four for the biggest surprise. I think they can push up. So I've went for Hearts, who seem to be losing a lot of players, but haven't brought too many in. Um, I'm not really quite sure at the minute on what their squad is, so maybe this will change once we get a better idea of who's actually going to be there. But you know, a lot of change. Um, also, Kevin Murphy disappearing to Rangers as well. There's there's been a lot of upheaval sort of thing at Hearts, so it'll be interesting to see how they cope. I'm not saying they will finish bottom. I think it could be any of three or four teams potentially, but Hearts are the one that you have to pick someone. And unfortunately for them, they decide I've got down. But from the previous predictions, are probably wrong. Yeah, I mean, I think we always say these predictions are here to be shot down and, and um, bear up for that. But I, unfortunately, I've got hearts as well. And I think you explained really well why it's almost like, almost like a process of elimination for me. So I think we've talked about Far Farmington being the biggest surprise. Spartans are just they're established. There's just an air of stability about Spartans, which means that they always will aim for that little bit higher, but potentially they are still a, a mid-table SWPL inside as it is at the moment. And I think with Motherwell, they have enough kind of X-factor. From what we can see of the squad, I mean, this is at this point I go back to, um, from what we've been able to see of the squads, um, they have a, enough of an X-factor. Um, they have Jordan McClintock, who I think will score goals. Kayla McDonald-Engla, who's been on the podcast, and we know I'm out anytime she hits a volley. Um, and they've also brought in Lisa Swanson, not announced anywhere, but... If you do a bit of Twitter digging, you can you can see that um, she was also one of the players that left Hearts. And I think, as you mentioned, that's the kind of thing when I look at that Hearts squad. So they've lost Lisa Swanson. Emily Much has gone to Hibernian, has this Chelsea McEachin. Um, Siobhan Higgins, who, from what I can make out, is still in the States just now. So she won't be there. And she also made a good start to the season. And Louise McDaniel appears to be still in Belfast, um, given social media activity. Um, so that's kind of two players I thought made a really good start. For, to the season um, for Hearts last year. And I also think that the other factor is that they've lost some of that experience in women's football on the bench. Randy Kirk's come in as manager, but Andy Enwoods has kind of taken a step back. Um, and I think that if he was still around, there's definitely a, a better chance for him to get to the nuances of the women's game. Because I think, I think it's fair to say, Campbell, that just because you are a success in one field, and this is true for life, I think it's fair to say, doesn't necessarily mean you'll be a success in another. And I think... That is that is going to be key for Hearts in terms of the fact that maybe they're lacking a little bit of experience, and as you say, it's it's kind of hard to kind of shape what they look like just now. So by that process, I, I've gone for Hearts as well. But Jambo's proved us wrong, and I'm sure you'll tell us about it. So that's that's not a problem at all. We know that somebody has to do it, so we'll put our hands up and say we'll do it. Um, let's then go to the other end of the table, um, Campbell. Uh, I'll start because I think I've fired you down for the first the last two so um, in terms of who's going to win the league this season I think if you'd asked me before the announcement of Kirsty Howitt and Rachel McLaughlin um, and Sam Kerr signing for, for Rangers I would have I would have struggled struggled to kind of see past Glasgow City just because they'd done it over the course um, but I think those moves coming in the middle of the season plus the arrival of Lizzie Arnott um, Tips it in the balance of Rangers for me. Um, I think that the top three could be pretty close. Um, the opening weekend fixtures will be really interesting in that respect. Um, but yeah, for me, I think it's Rangers. I just think they have strengthened in the right areas. They've also brought in Brianna, um, Brianna Verstrup, who has come in from Newcastle United. Um, so I I think they have strengthened the right areas. They have strength up top. They've got a good, solid midfield. They've obviously got Kirsten Riley and 
Chelsea kind of in there, and then defensively, they have improved. I think the biggest upgrade they've made is obviously in keeper with Jenna Fife and Burren Cunningham, uh, not Burren Cunningham, sorry, Megan Cunningham uh, coming in um, into the squad. So uh, for me, it's Rangers are probably favourites at the moment, but it doesn't. I'm not discounting Celtic or Glasgow City, or if Hibs have a, a summer season, why not? Why not Hibs as well? Um, what about you? I have got Rangers as well, but as, um, I think it could be one of the closest title races we've had in previous seasons. Obviously, Glasgow City have been the main side there. They've been fairly comfortable most of the previous seasons. Hibs ran them close on a couple of occasions, but I think the, the players that Rangers have brought in and have still come in, even professional, they're all getting to know each other day by day and they're playing on each other a lot more. And Celtic on another side that could be up there, we're saying and City, and it will be very, very tight, but I think Rangers, with the quality they've got and still got the add, as we're saying, I think they will probably push away, but Again, it could be it could be very tight, so it'll be a very interesting season to look forward to. But I fancy the Rangers to come out on top. Yeah, um, so we both said Rangers in, in that regard, so we can't really back out of that now. That's what we said. Um, before we talk about the last question, just as a recap of the fixtures in the opening weekend in SWPL one, it's four for Farmington against Motherwell, Rangers Harps, um, Hibernian against Spartans. And Glasgow City against Celtic. Um, Hibernian Spartans is on BBC Sports Scotland website with a two o'clock kickoff at Ainsley Park. And Glasgow City against Celtic is on 10 past four on BBC Alaba. So two games to look forward to this weekend, which is pretty cool, Campbell. But before we leave SWPL1, what is your bold prediction for the season ahead? Um, I've said Glasgow City will finish outside the top two, but... Again, it's it's one it's going to be tight, but just to have the feeling with the improvement Rangers and Celtic have made. City, as we've seen, have brought in some good players too, but obviously having lost some of the players they have done and going to lose as well, similar obviously players leaving the Rangers, there's just that slight feeling that they may drop further outside, further away from the top than ever before really, but again, that could be totally proven wrong, but yeah, Glasgow City to finish outside the top two. Cool. I've gone towards the top of the table as well, and I think that's probably because we don't have relegation to talk about. Um, and I have said that the title will be decided on the final day of the season. And when I wrote it down, I wrote it down with potentially three teams in it. Um, so that's that's what I'm going to say out loud just now. <laughs> We're probably looking at Rangers, Celtic, Glasgow City, Hibs looking to obviously catch up. I mean, we both said that Rachel Boyle and Joel Murray could be MVPs for them. So if they've got two MVPs, then maybe... Maybe they will do the business. Um, but yeah, uh, I think for me, final day of the season drama, I think hopefully by that point, fans can get back in the ground. The coverage will continue at the pace it seems to be going at just now. Um, so we get a really exciting last day of the season, which we've not had for a few years. Um, and I think that'll be really good. But in terms of the SWPL one season as a whole, are you more pumped for it than you are at the start of the year, uh, given obviously everything that's happened in between? Um, yeah, are you more up for it this, this time round? Um, I'm looking forward to getting back to it and I think it could be I'm looking forward to it more for the fact that it could be a lot tighter than previous years the winter seasons in both leagues I think the players aren't happy with it I personally don't enjoy going to watch games the winter I think we clash maybe men's games it'll maybe take it away from it but hopefully not hopefully we'll see more people going to games when we can eventually get back and then as we've seen obviously a few games being televised it could mean that fans can still see their side so yeah I think it should be a good season at the top end the bottom, obviously the bottom won't make too much difference the way it's going, obviously with no relegation but yeah, it should be an exciting season and one that can hopefully kick off well on Sunday Yeah, absolutely, I, I think it could be sentiments, I think it's 
the first time it feels like we've more than a two horse race. I mean, some years we've had a one horse race, so let's be honest. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to, to that contest. But that wraps up SWPA one for now. Um, let us know what you think. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, if you did, please tell other people about it. Uh, subscribe and stay tuned because we'll have an SWPL2 preview coming really soon. Um, but for now, thanks very much for listening. <laughs>